You're listening to a fourth-hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that we decided to head over to what's known as Homestead Two. It's right by the area of the Mesa where we've been getting all these radiation spikes. It's also where there's been a concentration of strange phenomena like glowing lights at night and even some reported paranormal activity. Homestead 2 was built in 1905 by John and Emma Myers who lived there and raised cattle. It's been abandoned since the 1930s and a lot of the locals think it's haunted. Welcome to Strange Uncle's special episode. This is uh, part three of Strangers on the Ranch. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. And we got a couple guest hosts in the studio, guys. Or not in the studio, I guess, but on the video, <laughs> if you want to introduce yourself. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I'm Alex. I'm Larry. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, yeah you guys might remember them from uh, our Skinwalker Ranch adventure episode. Uh, these guys are members of Cold Research, and we're happy to have them along. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Oh, yeah. It's good to be here. Absolutely. In the quarantine uh, studios. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we should call it that. No, it's been a long time, guys. And I know that, you know, you share the same love for Skinwalker Ranch that we do. And so, you know, if, hey, let's all make this a party. Um, so we are, again, going to cover episode three. Um, we'll say this just like we said every episode. Um, spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched episode three, don't listen to us yet. Till you catch up, and then you can go from there. Um, it's getting interesting, and I'm going to throw it over to John, and he's going to kind of proctor some of this. Now that we've got more people, we got more opinions, and so we're going to kind of roll with the ball. That's just what we need, more opinions. Yes. Well, speaking of opinions, what are, <laughs> what are uh, you guys that are new to this recap show, what are your opinions on Dragon? Yeah. That's a loaded so, question. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Really? He, on he, a raid? <laughs> I, I have to agree with John on this one. His face is a little bit punchable. On a scale of one to extremely, how punchable? <laughs> uh, at first, nine. I'm, I'm down to like a six now. A six. Well, he kind of redeemed himself in this last episode. He just wasn't as annoying. So, you know, yeah. there's that. Uh, I think he's genuinely concerned with the safety of the crew. I think he's just maybe a little bit of a tryhard. Yeah. yeah he definitely, he, he obviously cares, but yeah. Maybe that's for the cameras though too, much. you know. Uh, it seemed like he was pretty legitimately concerned with Tom. Well, I know he's concerned that maybe he's ramping it up for the cameras, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, putting on a little bit of a show. Sure. Well, um, and Skinwalker... Episode two, they left us with Tom having to be rushed to the ER. And after they were done uh, conducting their night observations on the Mesa. So Brandon Fugel was informed and he decided to come down to the ranch. And episode three starts off uh, on May 31st, 2019 with our favorite security guard, Dragon. Love that guy. Uh, he's on the phone with... he's. <laughs> 
he's on the phone with Fugel informing him of last night's events and the medical emergency that Tom suffered and now that they're dealing with. <clears throat> and yeah, they they seem pretty pretty shaken up over this. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of that kind of took me by surprise because I had totally not even realized that Jim Morse, the like older guy with the goatee, that mm-hmm. he wasn't with them during all of that. And like <clears throat> when he walks in and he's like, you guys look like you got about as much sleep as I did. And they're all like, fuck you. That yeah. was really weird to yeah, me. Yeah, I didn't I realize that he sorry. wasn't a part of that investigation the night before. Yeah, I didn't realize it until he came in and was like, you guys look tired. Yeah, and apparently, so the team didn't sleep at all that night, and they met up at the command center that morning, and they let Jim Morris know about that, and he was visibly upset with that information. Like, he literally had tears coming down his eyes. Yeah, that surprised me quite a bit. Yeah, I did not expect it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that was really one of those, wow, God, he's really taking this to heart. So, I don't know, I think they got a relationship from uh, from a while back, maybe. You know, maybe they're yeah, closer they've just been you know on the ranch together for a while. Right, right, right. Well, and, and like as it's stated later in the episode, uh, I can't remember who somebody says we're the, we're a ranch family. I don't know if it was during that sit down or what, but uh, it was Tom that said that after he showed back. Oh, up. when he, when he came back, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, and thankfully Tom arrives back on the ranch later that day, uh, and he seems like he is okay. He had. He got the got CT scans at the hospital, but, but he said they didn't pick up much. Um, and he said the pain started throbbing exactly in the same spot where he had his previous injury. Um, he did say the doctor could feel some swelling as well, though. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting. Shane, did you catch the? Um- did you catch Jim that was part of that initial when he originally had the issue that was uh, doing some of the, I guess, procedures when he initially went to the hospital the first time? Did anybody catch that? Jim Segala? Jim Segala? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I have that in my notes. I was like, oh, Jim was brought on to consult on Tom's initial injury. That's really interesting. Isn't it? Though? And another thing that I thought was really interesting was when they were briefing the other Jim, Goatee Jim about what happened during the night he was like he called it a hitchhiker and he said this phenomenon just like attaches to tom like a hitchhiker and just Mm -hmm. him using that word i thought was super interesting yeah yeah Yeah, you hear that in paranormal stuff a lot things attaching and from that area especially well we had that happen from that area literally a hitchhiker on the side of the road that nobody could yeah that crazy I thought that was interesting because of uh, in Corbell's documentary, they kept referring to hitchhikers and like, I haven't heard that term outside of that very much. So I just thought Mm. that was interesting. Good point. Yeah. I've I've heard it a little bit, you know, just in, you know, paranormal (laughs) podcasts and whatnot, the things can attach and people take them home sometimes. It happens. Yeah. Well, when we, when we were down there last summer, Al, it seemed like something was attached to you. Like you had, you woke up with a super big fat lip and swollen up. Like you had some like allergic reaction to something almost. Yeah. And those, you had some crazy vivid dreams if I remember correctly. Yeah. So they weren't, 
I wouldn't say they were dreams because I wouldn't remember them. I never remember my dreams, but they were reoccurring daydreams of, or maybe visions of me driving back to the same camp spot on the lake by myself in the middle of the night, getting out of the car and looking straight up at the sky um, in, in the exact same fashion every single time. And I don't know why I was having those, but. I don't know. It scared me for a minute. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it scared all of us. So, I mean, I think we can kind of put ourselves in uh, their shoes right now being concerned for a friend and everything. Cause I mean, oh. we were going to, we were going to leave like right then as well. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and me and Al, we're going to stay for an extra day and because of his state, we, we cut it short, you know? So yeah. yeah Larry had asked me, he's like, you want to go up to moon Lake? And I just, flat out was like no yeah absolutely not i want to I th- go home yeah i think that there's something to be said about the hitchhiking um phenomenon that the that area has which luckily like as soon as we drove out of the basin the level of like i for uh lack of a better term like grasp that it had i could feel it lower as we were coming out of the basin and getting closer to salt lake yeah, it was night and day. I, you were suddenly okay again, you know. We talked yeah, about was, that on the I first I was suddenly episode. talking again. Like, I was just silent the whole yeah. way back out there. And then I was, I felt okay enough to talk to you again. Uh, that's nuts. Emotionally draining, man. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Brandon Fugel finally makes his way to the ranch via helicopter. And they meet up and discuss if they should even continue the investigation or if it just seems too dangerous to continue. And I mean, obviously they continue because there wouldn't be a TV show if they just decided to end it there for some reason. Yeah. Well, then that's where Tom made the comment about being the ranch family and like how he doesn't think that it's just limited to the ranch, that it's the whole basin. And he's like, we need to keep doing this for our friends and neighbors. Like if it was yeah. just me, say let's quit. But I thought the that people was cool. that live around here are good people and we need to continue doing this for them. And I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah I, I, lo- I love that response. That yeah, them, yeah. It's, it seemed, like. seems more genuine than a lot of uh, history shows. Honestly, the more I watch this, the more every, I don't want to say character because it's a reality show, but like the more every person involved seems actually genuine. Like uh, Brandon, even with his Cavalier attitude to our environment flying everywhere on private aircraft (laughs) like seemed genuinely concerned for tom like like genuinely and like people with that much money do not normally give a single flying fuck about their employees and i thought that was kind of cool yeah well and that's that's part of tom's community too so he's (laughs) saying that like everybody around there wants answers because i mean you saw in hunt for the skinwalker and corbell's film those people that um a bunch of people have gotten cancer and they've seen weird stuff. And I mean, the, the entire community in the basin is being affected by this. It's not just the 500 or so square acres of the ranch property. Yeah. Right. I think he said it was like 512, but there's the, the barbed wire fences aren't magically stopping this. You know what I mean? It continues throughout the whole basin. So they're not. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I think that was the way he put it, but right, I thought right. that was, I don't know. It's not I only mean, ranch, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean, it's very true. So 
With that being said, they all decide that they're going to continue on with the investigation. And obviously we knew they were. And with Tom's comment, you know, I think it's really coming from a good place. So Brandon busts out these wearable watches. They're bio beat. Bio beat. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to make a comment about that. Uh, when he comes in on the helicopter, all dramatic, he's got his silver suitcase and he's like, I've got the devices. I just thought that was a little like funny. his James Bond. <laughs> fucking yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Fucking devices over here. Laughed out loud. <laughs> fancy private helicopter with a fucking. Yeah. Fancy like ass you have to bring him in that briefcase, you know, bit bits. Handcuffed to yeah. his handcuffed to his wrist and shit. God, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was definitely History Channel production hamming it up. But yeah, oh, sure. for sure, it but looks I like one of those. Funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like one of those suitcases where you just open up and there's like you need to type in the code and there's like the bomb is in there. And... Yeah, there's two people that have to turn their keys at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you concur, XO? Yeah. But uh, so those monitors are basically like a, a Fitbit on steroids. They're, they detect, detect like heart rate and perspiration and they can monitor stress even. So I guess they, you know, the team said like if they had those last night, even maybe they could have noticed something was wrong before it got worse. So, I mean, Which those is a good cool. idea. they look pretty fancy. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I like sense. those. It, it yeah. shows that uh, Brandon cares even yeah, more, well, you know what I mean? Spending a little bit more money on his team just to track their vital signs, you know. Which yeah. is very smart. And he, and I think there was a comment in there at some point where it was like, you're also acting as human, you know, sensors for all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, I think he get all this data. The term, so. the term Bigelow used the as biosensors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I thought was interesting about Tom's injury, just backpedaling a little bit, was uh, they said his injury was consistent with a radiation beam that entered his body from a specific angle from the back of his head. I'm glad you yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Jim Shala said that, right? Yeah. Which yeah. I found that really, well, and really that, interesting. That correlates with what's coming up. You know yeah, I mean? that and exactly. So that that exactly correlates to this episode totally. So mm-hmm. June 4th, 2019, Eric Bard, the lead scientist, he brings in a guy named Derek from Hot Shots to do thermographic imaging of the ranch. Um, he's a drone expert, and they're trying to see if there's something beneath the soil without having to dig because everybody's still really apprehensive about digging on the ranch. This dude is... A jacked up drone operator. I was gonna say in my notes, I I wrote the Arnold Swartz of drone pilots. I, I said musclehead. He's just a big fucking musclehead. <laughs> yeah, he's a total musclehead. But well, and it's yeah. I mean, besides the, they didn't find anything in the first run, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing weird as far as the infrared. No, so they, they the other part of the ranch. Is that right? Yeah, so they, they were flying it over places and nothing. They went to the Mesa and they thought maybe they could find some things, but it just ended up being shadows. Like, they're like, yeah, it's just shadows. It's, they couldn't really find anything significant. And so they just decided to go uh, over to Homestead 2, which some people claim is haunted, and people have observed various phenomenon around that area. And as soon as they get to the uh, Homestead 2, 
the drone just stops working. And then this is like a state of the art. It's, it's $35,000 exclamation yeah. point times 10 in my notes. Yeah. Didn't he say, didn't he say it's about $35,000 in every image and every pixel of the image will capture temperature as well. Yep. Every pixel. Yeah. Even, even within the pixel. So for yeah. that to just stop working for, and I think he mentioned that that's never happened before. Just yeah, randomly yeah. like that, everything was charged and ready to go. He did. Yeah, why? Like he wouldn't just go out on an investigation that he's being hired for and be like, "Oh, you know what? I forgot. Craziest thing, I forgot to plug this bastard in. Whoopsie oh, daisy. You know, had a real busy day, you know. Forgot to charge it. Yeah. yeah, and I thought it was funny too because, uh, well, first of all, the homestead, and we talked briefly about it, but you know that one building they're at was like 1905, like it's been sitting there forever. But yeah. on the flip side of that, you know, you talk about the drones, and and I, I think I'm taking some of my time just writing down Travis's um, lingo because I, I think it's just fucking hilarious. Uh, when the batteries are in the drones, then he says, uh, "Batteries are acting squirrely around here." <laughs> yeah, squirrely. I noticed that. Yeah. I just find that fucking funny. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a fucking character. Mm. So yeah, that was, and they they start talking to the drone operator about how like any how their phones have just mysteriously drained and all of that. So it's definitely a very common occurrence that there's there's something going on there with like radio frequencies and shit like that. It's really yeah, strange. Well, and- and I liked how, you know, I mean, they say the homestead too is, is the haunted one. I like how many shots we're getting at these places, you know, for, in like hunt for the skinwalker, it was kind of just like ominous background shit, but like now yeah. we're kind of seeing how it looks. Cause we've been trying for so long to just look over there and see, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of satisfying in that regard, but yeah, you get a real like good idea from being there the last two years of like, okay, I kind of, get a That's good idea of where they're at. at you know what i mean yeah yeah um i really like how they're using those in like the atmospheric shots as like the transition scenes mm-hmm. yeah um so <clears throat> let's see well the team just eventually decides that it's a lost cause and they decide to just wrap up that part of the investigation and Taylor next wants to bust out the tri-field meters and stick them in coffee cans because he keeps getting uh, RF readings from all over the place and he can't distinguish which direction these uh, readings are actually coming from. So he's sticking these meters, the tri-field meters in uh, aluminum uh, coffee cans to try and see if they can kind of solo in where these are coming from very high tech very high tech i don't know i I thought that was pretty clever though Um, yeah i thought so too supposedly it blocks out any other direction besides where they're pointing it right yeah i I haven't Um, looked into this but yeah well i also liked how uh dragon at homestead 2 was like i'm gonna leave this to the scientists to figure out like (laughs) thank you thank you thanks bud that's what you're supposed to do good job just <laughs> hang guy. out with the gun in case something that shooting is not going to matter about anyway shows up. Yeah, be quiet and sit. You know, make the guys feel safe. 
Yeah. Go sit in the corner and eat your cookies, Dragon. Thank you. Exactly. Now, so we're going to get on the next segment with the balloons. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick promo break. Um, You guys stand by. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. And we're back. And so, yeah, John, I think we're going to get into to the famous balloon race, right? Or whatever they were going to do. Well, we're kind of getting there. We didn't really, yeah. we didn't really touch on where after Taylor stuck those trifield meters in the coffee cans, what was the result of that? And the result of that is they realized that they were getting the strongest readings when they were pointing to the sky, which doesn't make any sense at all. So the team then drives to the far corners of the ranch uh, to mark the spot or the signal. And Taylor, Jim, and Tom end up recording three different areas where they were picking up the single, and then they plot out on a map where they intersect. In the and sky. So, and, and yeah, so, and then they figured out uh, the angles from where they were detecting energy from the sky from three different points. And the angles are supposed to cross at some point above the ranch. And they got those calculations just basically with basic trigonometry and they calculate that it is one mile high, which is only basically one sixth of how high jets fly. So about 5,500 feet in the sky, they're getting these weird signals. Yeah. I, I think they said originally like 5,700. 56, yeah, 57. So. And yeah. Um, ends up being significant later. I think the point that, Travis was making about saying that's about one sixth as high as jets fly is that you still see jets flying overhead. And if it's only one sixth that height, you should be seeing what's emitting this uh, RF signal electromagnetic radiation bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like you should easily be able to see that. And there's no like towers or anything near there that should be creating those. See, See to me that, right there was a very creepy point like coming under from under the ground okay but it's in the sky and it's completely invisible like what the hell is going on yeah this is this is where this show all of a sudden took a turn yeah like i was like oh okay yeah like because when the show was starting out I wasn't sure what we were getting. Nobody was, but I was hoping that it wouldn't just be some crappy science, some like, oh, what's that over there? You know, some weird ghost hunter type show. Um, but it's no, like really logical uh, scientific approaches to it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and we're starting to get some really weird. Uh, Really weird. Uh, why can't I even think of the word? <laughs> that was We're getting me, some uh, weird, weird results. Weird results. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. I think it's and, super interesting how active the phenomenon is being for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because of Travis. 
Yeah, I know they do say... Uh, or or the cameramen or crew associated with History Channel, you know. Yeah. But because I, they say that when people are new, it tends to yeah. say what's up to them. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Oh, no, that's what that's just what I was saying. I mean, there's that, but it's like they are... And we were seeing stuff while we were up there, too. So it's not like, I think, getting any interaction with the phenomenon is like a uh, rarity, you know what I mean? But like just how much they're getting right off the bat is pretty awesome. But also sometimes I'm like, maybe mm. skeptical a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But because I, I, I mean, these are just within, you know, they, they have their little, they have their experiments, but then it's like two days later, one day later, two days, you know, you'd think it would yeah. take longer period of time for these things to occur. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, with all the new people on the ranch and everything, like there's a bunch of activity, so maybe it's showing off for them or something. Hopefully so. Yeah, yeah, for, for our sakes, <laughs> yeah. for, for the good of the TV show. By any means, but hopefully so. But let's get some wild shit. Yeah. So, yeah, Taylor devises a plan. That's where the weather balloon comes in, and they're going to raise that balloon to the point in the sky to see if they pick anything up in that area for some reason which they shouldn't be so he brings in taylor brings in dr matt turner who has his phd in mechanical and aerospace engineering and he is an expert in weather balloons so <laughs> which is yeah, a strange I, thing being an expert in but that's kind of cool i mean yeah yeah i mean yeah, weather i caught the second time i watched it too that he's also taylor's friend from the university of alabama in huntsville I saw yeah. that. I got that. I, I kind of gathered that the first time, but then the second time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, he, the guy does weather balloons, you know, he's done it a bunch of times. Why not? Yeah. I mean, might, might as well get your buddy that, you know, and that you trust. Yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah. So they attach like RF meters to it and cameras to the balloon. But of course the wind picks up as they're trying the first time. Like I had a feeling that was going to happen the whole time when they were like setting yeah. this weather balloon up. I'm like, they're going to raise this thing up. The wind's going to blow. Nothing's going to happen. Well, they were jinxing themselves there the I whole time. Cause they were like, Oh my God, look how straight it's floating up. I can't believe the wind's yeah, not like, blowing that around. And then the next cool. second, <laughs> I would have been like, that's convenient except for every shot they showed of it. You could see how cloudy the sky was. And it's like, Oh yeah. The wind's going to pick up in just a second, bud. Like, <laughs> don't don't get too happy yet yeah. yeah yeah it gets it gets windy out there too it does yeah there's a reason Very, it's called the basin extremely windy yeah yeah so they lose that balloon actually and but they go for round two they get everything attached again and the second launch seems to go seems to be successful so they they launch that balloon and they head back to the command center to kind of track the balloon on the internet so they're in that super cool little room of theirs, uh, looking up, looking up what the weather balloon is seeing. I just want to go in that room so bad. Me too. Every time they get that on <laughs> on camera, I'm like trying my damnedest to see every single little nook and cranny that you can Me see yeah. while they're in there. Yeah, yeah that, I, that room is my new porn for quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I would just, yeah, I'm the same with you, Shane. I'm like, okay, there's a TV over there, TV, right? Monitor, yeah. monitor, monitor. Yeah. Okay, the green thing, like. Yeah, yeah what, what didn't I see last time that I could see this time? Because I was noticed years trying to just find out 
what this shit looks like, you know? Yeah, I've noticed I got some nice tile work on the on the wall and everything. Yeah. I, I think we cover well. We cover this too for you, uh, Alex and Larry. They the whole thing is one of the coolest things about the show is the shots and the video, and you get to see the overheads, and you get to see the homesteads, and you get to see the roads and how it's laid out because we just nobody ever got to see that, and it's just really cool. Every time something like that comes out, those aerial shots, I'm like, ooh, there it is, you know. Kind of yeah, and it was always just imagining what it might be like before that, you know. So I know they're just throwing them out there like candy, and I like get the feeling that I'm there every time I see those fucking those sunset shots where they're doing research in the fields, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can feel it again. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I even get I even get excited in the intro where it shows the gate and the security um, desk Ruth? right there. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, I want to. I just want to drive down that so bad. Walking through that or driving through that. Jeez. Yeah. So um, they they go to the command center. They're tracking the balloon, and they said the balloon reaches about ten thousand five hundred feet above sea level, and the Uinta Basin is about five thousand above sea level. So mm-hmm. it's about fifty five hundred feet in the air, give or take. And the balloon stops updating once it reaches that height. And it should be updating, according to Dr. Turner, every single minute. Yeah. Pings back. Yeah. Yeah. It just stops. Yeah. Just stops. Stops updating. Stops analyzing anything. And Turner's pretty baffled by this. He's like, I've never had a problem with this. I've dropped this. I've stepped on it. I've, you know got it muddy like he, he's done this a bunch and he's never ever had that and it the balloon stops working right where they triangulated the signal mm-hmm. so where they did some basic trigonometry up in the sky that's right when the balloon stops working see that is i mean come on <laughs> like, what the fuck happened to that thing you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> In my right, notes, they triangulated all the energy. Like, come on. Uh, in my notes, I have another victim of the ranch, and also, I mean, if I learned anything from watching Battle Los Angeles a hundred million times, a high amount of uh, RF energy can knock out power. So it could have just passed through whatever's emitting that signal and just got the battery for the GPS monitor fried. Like, yeah. just knocked it completely out. That's uh, a cool point. Or it Probably. could have just fucking gone through a portal, you know. That's, I think that's what I'm hoping that, for. That's, that's what I'm hoping for too. Because I mean, where um, could where could a signal like that that is you know shooting down at three points in the middle of the sky that's invisible? Yeah. Anyway, I, I yeah, guess we can go into that later. But Jim Sagala well, said that the RF energy would be dropping off if you went higher, if it was coming from the ground, which most of it is Um, like most RF energy, not most of this particular RF energy. Right. Um, It would be dropping off as you went higher, but because this is getting stronger as you go higher, that means you're getting closer to the source. And he said, you'd have to be, have an antenna up there for it to be that strong, which obviously there isn't one that they can see. And uh, so he said, it has to come from something off planet. Yeah, he said off planet. That was my favorite. Yeah. That's that was the best. That's the best part of the show so far. Yeah, yeah. totally off planet. Like, 
holy shit. And, and it was funny. funny because once he said that, of course, you know, you had you guys all had the same reaction I did, which was like, what the fuck? Did he just say that? But then right after that, there he's looking. I think it was uh, it wasn't Jim. It was they were talking about. So you're you're telling me I'm sitting in a room full of baffled scientists at this point? Like yeah, it was Tom. Yeah, I think. think. <laughs> Great yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like um, I like that Tom guy. Me yeah, too. He's, yeah, he's, he's, too. he's, he's a genuine guy. dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did like too that the weather balloon guy was just like, did you? He had our reaction. He was like, did you just say off planet? Like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then when they talked to him afterwards, like in the confessional or whatever, he was just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so, so awesome. So I'm excited to see how that progresses. And see. Yeah, well, what, and, well, and, see and what he, uh, after all that, he mentioned, um, who was it? What's his name? Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was like, well, we want to try to build a rocket with sensors on it to go through that. And then obviously in the teaser for the next one, they, they do that eventually. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. He's like, all right, let's build a rocket. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's he got yeah. all these ideas just on the tip of his tongue between yeah. ideas and his, his terminology. And I think when they lost the first, the first balloon, I caught like dad gummit. He was at the term. Like, okay, come on, fucking guy. <laughs> dang, dang. I, I love that term. My dad used to say it. He's not from know. the South at all, but dad gummit. <laughs> it's, it's wholesome. It's wholesome. Yeah, I like, I like his Southern drawl. Right. So after the weather balloon experiment, Taylor and Tom, they go back to Homestead One, where Tom and his wife actually live. So they live on the ranch. I think 24 seven. I think they, they live in Homestead one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go check that out. And Tom talks about like how the Shermans had like how to put locks and everything on their, on their cupboards and everything like that. Cause like their cupboards would constantly fly open, how the pepper would be in the salt, salt in the pepper um, and just crazy things like that. But before well, we, Sorry, I, real quick, I had a note here. Like, I like how they pepper in the history just here and there throughout in the context of where they're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a great way to tell the history without just rehashing what a lot of people already know. You know, that is a good point. I, I am actually, I like the amount that they're telling us, but it's not overdone to people that actually know the history about yeah, it here and there, you know? Yeah. Um, but before we get into the last part, Shane, do you want to, should we take another little break? Uh, yeah, yeah. We can go ahead and take another little break. Give me just a second here. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys. If you like podcasts and you like science, come on, baby, listen to us. Oh my god, is that good? <laughs> yeah, that was that was epic. Listen to the Mad Scientist podcast on all of your iTunes and other listening things. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host Marie Mayhew, and we sing, we sing, we sing a lot. We sing for science. Yes. 
We talk about science, we talk about history, we talk about ghosts and monsters and UFOs and things, and it's a lot of yeah. fun. So come learn about yes. ghosts and UFOs and physics and chemistry and a little bit of biology. And about economic collapse. On the Mad Scientist Podcast! Oh my god. <laughs> and we're back. Um, yeah, yeah, if we can continue on, like we were talking about the ranch and the caretaker. Um, I just want to throw out before you, John, cover it. Yeah, we're going to talk into it. Did anybody else think that that was a weird segue? I mean, it's cool, this other stuff they're having on the ranch, but it was just weird. It went from yeah. like this to this, you know? Mm, yeah, but, I thought that was uh, like, they're like, all right, the sky. And then they're like, oh, let's go to the house. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't the other Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was super interesting because you get to look into the house that we know the most about where the Sherman family actually lived. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, it did seem kind of like, hey, we need to fill the last 10 minutes of this episode. What are we going to do? I don't know. Yeah. But it was Just still cool. Yeah. Quick yeah. cliffhanger. It, it, yeah. It ended up being pretty interesting, though. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. So. Tom says he and his wife started hearing weird sounds in the basement where there, there's just a room down there completely cemented off. There's no like windows or doors. This thing's just like a cement block in the basement for some reason. I don't even know how they knew it was a room. Cause I don't, I don't either. It just looked like just a wall unless any of it shows above ground outside the house. Well, was there already a small hole before? No, Tom drilled that he when made he started it. hearing the sounds. Yeah. Okay. You drilled that. So, but well, the reason I think that how they know it's a room is because well, the the property goes out to here, the building goes out to here, and somehow there's this big cement, thick concrete right here. It's like, well, what's behind that? Well, I guess my dumbass would have just assumed it was just a wall, and that's where the basement ended, and wouldn't have thought (laughs) twice about it. Me too. Well, this is one thing that, and I'm going to play devil's advocate because I, and this may not be the case. I think we'll know more once, I, I think they did some teasers where it looks like they're going to open that up a little bit more to kind of get in there. So this may blow my theory completely out of the water, but I know just from just being a contractor, especially those older, older homes, when they poured the chimneys and the fireplaces, they would pour a, a square hollow joint down below um, just for like a fire barrier. And they did a lot of that, not only to save on cement, but just how it is. It could be that there was like a fireplace or a chimney there and it's not there anymore. And they just left that hollow slab on the bottom. That's happened a lot. But but again, once they get in there, I think maybe we'll see a little bit more. But anyway, just a theory on it. But Yeah, that's interesting. No, that's Good point. Interesting. Yeah, that's more than I would have. That's more than I would have ever known. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you've you've got the experience. I didn't know that at all. So. I, w- I wouldn't say I have the experience, but it, it's a it's well, a fucking shit, a a shit to the wind like, idea. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you have the knowledge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do find some what looks what looks like a remnants of a fire. It looks like ashes and stuff down there. And then yeah. some super TV showy. They see some white stuff. And like, what is that white stuff? Oh my god! Is it bones? It's bones. <clears throat> yeah, that was bones. annoying. But like the the reveal of that and like. Tom being like, in my opinion, super badass because he's a braver man than I to shove his whole arm in that hole, like not knowing what's in there. I wouldn't do that. No. But like, yeah. When he sticks that camera in there and, and they're like looking around in there and his first thought is that that 
pile of shit is just rubble that got knocked in there when he was drilling the hole. That's how I knew they, there wasn't a hole previously and why I was wondering how they even knew that room was there. But, um, like it, it was, I was glad to see them thinking critically right there, but yeah, their conclusion was that was too much rubble to be from him drilling that hole out. And then that's when they started looking like it looked like think like saying it looked like the remnants of a fire maybe. Mm-hmm. And that was super interesting. Um, I did like that. Uh, they're, they're like, why would you light a fire in a closed room? I mean, could you even, you'd suffocate and all that. And it's like, well, maybe they lit a fire in there before they put that last wall up. Like who knows, who knows what that is or how long it's been there, you know? Well, and then that yeah. one gal said, she threw that out about the cremation. And I was like, okay. For, and first of all, and second of all, and maybe this is just me and I know, you know, this is, you know, maybe they didn't think they're going to be on TV. I don't know, but maybe we're sleeves and pants without, you know, you're, I mean, they were kind of pretty plain. I, maybe it's just me. I'm you know? pretty sure so, did you know they were going to be on TV because she was like, be. oh, hi. <laughs> like, what are you up. doing here? Right. Nah, you know. So what reality TV. Want, Shane? Yeah, right. I didn't know. I didn't know you were the fashion police. Well, goddamn it! You know, if you're gonna do what supernatural shit, oh my god! Did you see what she was wearing? Jesus Christ! She lives on a fucking ranch. You better yeah. act like it. They look exactly like the type of people that would be the caretakers of a haunted ranch. That's exactly totally. like a Scooby Doo yeah. character. You know, both of them right out of it. So, but yeah, I I thought that was interesting and. I, I don't know. You're kind of excited to see what happens when that opens back up. But I mean, yeah, it's a weird segue, but at the same time, you know, just like this whole premise, the fucking ranch is just weird. Like you don't stop at one anomaly. You have yeah. all yeah. these little yeah. things. So, well, part of I mean, me, it took them a while to get the materials to build a rocket or something. You know what I mean? Which yeah, I think that's the what teaser is going to happen later, but yeah. So part of me thinks that that's just kind of how, they had to edit it because they did film some stuff there and it was kind of a very significant find. I hear that on the commercial all the time when I watch this show, but, uh, so, but I think that maybe it's the curse of Oak Island. Like during, while I'm watching the show, I have to watch previews in the middle and it's, it's always like a very significant find from the (laughs) Oak Island Island for something on Oak Island since that show started. It drives Tori and I crazy. We're just like, oh my God. Because after you watch the same commercial like 30 times, you're just like, yeah, oh. they only have like three. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it kind of got, oh, yeah. What I'm saying is, I think maybe this is just a theory is they're filming all this stuff and then they film there and it happens to be worthwhile. And they're kind of like, well, shit, how do we put this into the show? Because this is worthwhile stuff. Ah, uh, fuck it. We'll just segue after the balloon and do that. Yeah, I'm sure they were just like, well, yeah. we'll come up short on some episode. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they got to fill a certain amount of time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've never edited a TV show. Uh, I haven't, but I imagine you got to just put shit in that fits, you know? Yeah, definitely. Right. Anyway, yeah, I mean, thoughts on the wrap-up? I, I think it's getting better. I think that it's ramping up to where it is. Excited to see kind of the rocket test. You know, usually I don't watch the teasers when a show's done because, I'm you know, I'm going to watch the next show anyway. But uh, it, I find myself doing it on this one because you want it. You're kind of curious enough to know what's the next step or what's happening or what's going to – you know, I think it's kind of, kind of a cool layout so far what they're doing. Um, I think maybe Brandon should ditch his fucking – 
FBI spy suitcase. That was weird, but <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah, that, I, I, again, I'm sure to some degree they're trying to add to the drama. But yeah, yeah. they did all the things that they've found so far. I don't think are bullshit. Like me neither. It seems pretty scientific, and I'm I'm intrigued more than I thought I was going to be. Honestly, yeah, I. I agree. I agree. So um, I guess we can do some final thoughts here if, yeah, uh, I mean, if we've kind of done everything. Um, I agree with you, Josh. I, I think that it's definitely turning into a show that I'm stoked about. And I just, I'm not letting myself get annoyed by the mainstream history channel type stuff they do on the show. Well, well you have to do that. It's almost the same well, in a different way with uh, Project Blue Book. Right. You know, this is a dramatization of, you know, some actual cases, but they're making it a show. This, on the other hand, is unlike Oak Island or things like that, is so far uh, seems to be pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, I think they're doing real science and respecting the property and respecting the phenomenon and taking taking it from a skeptical scientific point of view, but being open to what they find. Um, and I'm pretty excited for the next episode and I, I have a good feeling about the, the show as a whole. So that's, that's, that's me. Yeah. Like the more we get into it, the more genuine everybody seems, which is awesome. Cause like with this type of format and show, it all starts getting pretty staged or feeling pretty staged pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like think when ghost hunters got really bad and you could tell they were just faking results cause they never got any, um, the only thing that seems like it might be staged is like I said earlier, they're getting so much so fast, but we do know that it tends to like to show off for new people. And I think their approach might have something to do with it. Like they're not trying to interact with it the way Bass and Nids did. They're more just passively trying to observe. Mm -hmm. So I think that might have something to do with it. I don't know. Um, But uh one thing I was wondering, like what you guys think about is like, we're at like a crazy low sunspot activity minimum, like a solar minimum right now. And uh, that tends to coincide with like plagues and like uh, fucking droughts and shit. And I wonder, like, I just like found out about this kind of, and was wondering like Mysterious universe. Does, yeah. But does the, it's very wild there's a lot of evidence to support yeah it. there's like the scientist that's like all that's behind the panspermia theory is like no but check this out and wrote about like a pandemic outbreak in november of 2019 that would come because of this solar minimum and i wonder if that affects the phenomenon too like maybe maybe they're seeing so much because it's stronger right now like i don't know you guys think anything about that or we talk um, about that with like a you know the thinner walls, I guess, depending where you're at. And I guess that's the same. That's a similar theory. I mean, very much. Well, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's already a window area, obviously, right? But right. like, uh, I just wonder if the maybe they're getting so much because the phenomena is stronger because, oh, excuse me, like magnetic fields and stuff are weaker right now. Like, well, uh, it it seems to correlate with. Um, electromagnetic waves like phenomena you know what i mean like paranormal stuff does for sure and yeah the world's fucked up right now so who knows 
Yeah, I've never I've never heard of anything like that, but uh, it's interesting to hear that. It's pretty I, I, Yeah, I'd, it's I'd be interested like, in. If you think about Keel's like super spectrum theory, mm-hmm. that would exactly. that's something that would probably be amplified right now with with less interference from solar radiation, basically. Hmm. And so, if you look at that at the phenomenon through the lens of the super spectrum, that's why to me it makes sense that maybe they're getting such great shit because right now the phenomenon's like on spring break, going fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's no like the the solar flares are at a, at a low right now, right? Is that correct? Yeah. But all yeah, this was so, recorded last year, though. Correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, so relative it's like an eleven year cycle. Term, you know, like for the past few years, it's been in, at a low point. Therefore, it allows the uh, the energy from the phenomena to come through. Well, if that's, I mean, if that, I if that's the case, the then that. maybe that's why we've had so many experiences up there ourselves. Yeah, I think, I think it's possible. I thought it was interesting. I was kind of drunk when I was rewatching it, and that just popped <laughs> in my head. Like, well, I don't I listen to that episode of Mysterious Universe where they were talking about all that, and I was like. It's pretty wild. You can trace it back to, you know, several other pandemics and depressions and recessions. Yeah. And stuff. Well, I was going to, I was going to say. I mean, none of us are are super ambitious. I mean, you know, I try to be, but you know, there's that. Um, but if we really want to kind of prove that thesis, and that's very solid, Josh. If you ask me, I remember when um, Bigelow owned it, and they had Nids out there. There was a time when. They they got nothing. Like there was everything, everything. And then there was nothing, and they have the year stamped to that. So I don't know if one of us wants to kind of look back. You can easily look back on the weather history and go, okay, well here was this and this. If that correlates to the same thing, you know, might be a very good that possibility. Be interesting. So this sun dimming cycle is like basically it dims every eleven years, but this cycle and the last few cycles it keeps getting dimmer and dimmer, and it's the lowest it's been in like thousands of years or hundreds of years or something like that i don't remember exactly right off the top of my head so it's like already low and then it's also at the low end of its cycle so i don't know it's just that two things in the same day and Mm. that occurred to me but that would be cool to look into to like i mean if we could figure out what years they weren't getting anything uh like nids and those guys yeah because i think they went like a I think they went almost a solid two years without ever getting anything. Yeah, almost yeah. three. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what I read as well. Yeah. And if that's at the high point of the cycle, then that would not prove my theory, but like would be interesting. It'd be a very significant find. <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> I think we're stumbling onto the original money pit. <laughs> anyway. Found some found some more straw and wood. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> These tools look like they're from the 1700s. That was talking about me. <laughs> does Gosh. anybody? Does anybody else have anything on the wrap ups? Um, I think I'm I'm good. Al, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I just wanted to capitalize on what Stoll was saying about how he's uh, likes the developing like personalities, and you can kind of see the genuine uh, care and passion that they have about researching this place and it it's cool to see other people not in it just for money or just for a job like they 
it's their livelihood you know mm-hmm. they live most yeah. people live up there that investigate up there so i don't know it just makes me have more respect for the characters on the show agreed yeah uh early on in my notes for this episode i like just noted to myself that uh tom kind of looks like a cousin that i don't really fucking like a whole lot that i have <laughs> and then uh by the end of the episode i was just like damn that dude rules i should call my cousin yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> i should rekindle things <laughs> maybe he's not so bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. well maybe uh, don't call your cousin because you'd probably be uh not surprised it's like oh yeah i knew i didn't like you. you're not like tom at all like oh yeah that's why i don't tom, like you that's your yeah. real name <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I think that's. Sorry, okay. did you have anything more? No, I, I think I'm good. I think if we're yeah, yeah. if we're all good, um, just some quick promos. You know, of course, these are special bonus episodes, "Strangers on the Ranch." Um, you know, as you guys watch these and listen to them on YouTube or you listen to them on the on the platform, if you have any questions or something maybe we're missing or an idea or a thesis or a view, you know, we said this in the very beginning too. Just so you know, we there's a lot of you out there that might be lit. Well, hopefully you're listening that either number one, never even knew Skinwalker existed or number two, you just never even knew Skinwalker existed. It could be either or the problem is, um, you know, with us, we live here we've seen it. We've been there more Josh and John and Alex and Larry up there. You know, you made trips before I did. And of course my wife's been up there, but, um, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I mean, as much as we love this stuff, I totally will watch something and go, you know what? I'm going to call the bullshit out before I call anything else out. It seems like this show's not quite, I'm not quite as skeptical as I usually am when things are on TV. That's my opinion. But, you know, if you guys have a different question, anything, uh, strangeuncles at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Patreon, so Patreon subscribers, by all means, throw the questions and the messages and we'll grab them and we'll uh, throw them out here. But um, anybody else got any promos, anything to add, anything to wrap up with? No, we, we just, we love, we do love the feedback and we do like, you guys interacting with us and giving us your questions and cause we're not the smartest men in the world. And, uh, you know, we, we don't think of everything. So it's, it's kind of nice to see other people's perspectives and other people's questions and concerns or thoughts or anything like that. So yeah, hit us up. And if you want more of the ranch, you should follow, uh, Larry and Al at cold research on Instagram. Yes, um, absolutely. Larry's these guys, Al especially has put up some pretty cool orb footage that we've gotten on past visits to the basin. So uh, go there, check it out. Yeah. Like and subscribe or whatever. Yeah. Give it a follow uh, for our upcoming uh, expeditions. We're going to be teaming up with strange uncles from here on out. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I thanks so much. Guys. Once, once we can actually <laughs> get out there again, I can't wait guys. And this show has yeah. given me the itch. You know what I mean? Like That's the bad thing. Here. That's the bad thing. So, hey guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, hopefully you'll join us again on these ep- episodes. Um, everybody, hope you enjoy. And um, close gates. You've been listening to a fourth-hand production.